Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. I'm your host today. We do have a uh, special guest filling in for David Gasper. It's the one and only CEO, president, dictator, whatever you want to call him, Scott Green, joining us. Scott, how are you doing this evening? Hey, what's going on, Alex? So good to be back on the Futures Focus podcast. I did this for a little while. Yeah, I know. You're the, the teacher teaching the student or some sort of something like that. Um, David, not with us. He's got quite a week. I guess he has a new job and he's moving into a new place. So uh, our, our guy's growing up right before our eyes. Big doings out there in uh, Milwaukee area, I guess. But uh, I figured when better a time to come on and check check in on you and <laughs> make sure things are going how we need them to go, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm confident. I feel like we have reached a, a good prime, David and I. I mean, we'll see how our chemistry is. David and I just like we finish each other's sentences at this point. But uh, no pressure. <laughs> and I have and I have no idea what you're going to say. So. No, no. Actually, I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to say either. It just words come out. But again, welcome in. We have a good episode this week. We are trying out our mailbag for the first time. So we got some great submissions of prospects you guys wanted to hear about. I'll be honest, I know uh, I'm very interested in this list. I mean, you've seen the list, Scott. It's uh, names from all over the place, from high-end prospects to low-end guys. We, you know, we've only just kind of recognized the name um, all over the place. So we're going to get to, we're going to try to get to all of them. And of course, thank you for submitting names and hopefully we we grow on this and get even more to choose from going forward but yeah this is uh the debut of the mailbag scott what do you think i think that if you are playing in a deep dynasty league several of these names will not be available they'll be owned you know uh, prospects that are probably in the top you know 10 to 15 of our our team lists that go 50 deep but Looking at, I don't know, five, six of these names, these are players that likely might be available in deep dynasty leagues, uh, especially if you are looking at, you know, I don't know, 900 to 1500 prospects deep leagues, depending on how size, how, how large roster sizes are. Uh, players that I have become familiar with some of these names since uh, I head up a lot of the stars of the day tweets that we do each morning. So seeing a lot of these names and the performances they've had this year, many have been promoted from one level uh, already this season. Uh, I think there's a guy that you actually mentioned off air got a two level promotion. So far yeah, this don't season. spoil so it. We'll get, to that. So yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get into you. that. So yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, this is a list of uh, breakout candidates, except for maybe a, a one or two of the guys that just, I, you know, you don't follow everybody's stat line. That's just impossible. And then you kind of pull these guys up after we see them mentioned and we're like, oh, my goodness, that person is doing that. So we'll do that, of course, after the news and notes. Not a huge busy week. I think that we had a, a lot of promotions recently. 
um, that we've talked about. And this week was not nearly as high and, and thankfully not a lot of season ending injuries as well. Those are always kind of bring down the news segment a little bit. But um, let's start with, I think, the headliner of the news and notes this week. And that's Edward Cabrera being recalled for his start that's happening as we record this podcast. So um, Edward Cabrera is a monster. I think that he is underrated in a lot of circles outside of perhaps the, you know, the prospect 1500 world. I think Stoffer has hyped up that train a lot to make him overrated <laughs> maybe, but honestly in the, like the normal prospect community, I think Edward Cabrera was always um, underrated. What are your thoughts on Cabrera? I know you said you've, you've seen him pitch a little bit right now. What is the update? Yeah. So as you said, uh, as we record this on Wednesday evening, uh, Edward is pitching for the Marlins uh, in his pro debut, not pro debut, major league debut, uh, six innings so far, uh, two hits, no runs, hasn't struck out a lot, only a couple strikeouts. So he's probably nearing uh, his his pitch count. Um, he might have another inning or two. I guess he's only thrown uh, under 60 pitches through six innings so yeah my 14 year old son you know he's got him on his yahoo roster he said dad can we watch the marlins game so you know pull up uh, mlb tv please so i was happy to do that we were watching him for a few innings he looks really good um he i think he's going to have that um sp1 slash two potential and our boy Stoffer has been riding that train, like you said, for a little while. So, um, you know, good luck to him. You know, I'd love to see these young Marlins uh, prospects do well. Eh, that's a Braves fan. I, I like everything you said except for that last part. But <laughs> Sixto Sanchez, Edward Cabrera, gun to your head. You had to pick one. Who do you pick? Cabrera, easy. Sanchez has had injury problems, so that's yeah. an easy one for me. Yeah, I think I'm there too, and it's, like you said, pretty comfortable, but I think Sixto is still that big name, so um, keep that in mind. Uh, also, for the maybe handful of people that listen to this podcast and play MLB The Show, Edward Cabrera, MLB Show God, they gave him this future stars card with like a 100-mile-per-hour sinker. <laughs> it's just impossible to hit. So That's what exactly what my son was just telling me yeah. about when he said, <laughs> let's put on the game. He's got this amazing... Uh, you know, MLB, the show uh, uh, statistic, and he wanted to see if he actually threw that in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's just nuts. Like the sinker just is crazy. And so uh, fun to see him going forward. Um, I mean, he wasn't completely dominant in AAA, 3.68 ERA with a 1.4 whip. So I was a little surprised that he got the call, to be honest with you, because he is you know, it doesn't have a lot of innings under his belt, but, you know, what do the Marlins have to lose? They got to see what, I mean, they're getting to a point where they have so many prospect pitchers that they got to figure out who's going to be in that long-term rotation. But again, that's a problem that usually solves itself out pretty nicely. Um, a couple of big games, and I know that um, we talked about this guy last week, and I wanted to see what you thought. It's always nice when you hype somebody up. You know, he was a big riser for us last week. I'm talking about Zach Veen, the outfielder. For the Colorado Rockies, he hit for the cycle, including a grand slam, drove in seven runs, just a huge game. Um, we, we we were talking about him, you know, as a top 25, top 30 prospect. Do you think you're there now with Zach Veen uh, after this debut? Yeah, he kind of broke out last night, didn't he? Um, you know, 
I'm I'm looking back at our overall top 197 prospects that was last October, and Veen was just outside of our overall top 50. He came in at 53, had been ranked as high as 20. We had 26 different writers that helped compile that list, and we'll be doing this list, by the way, for our listeners and readers. Uh, within the next few weeks, we're going to have our new one. Uh, he was ranked as high as 22 and as low as 99 by some of our writers. Uh, so he came in at 53. I think he's definitely top 30, 35 right now overall, you know, maybe top 25. We'll, we'll have to see, you know, what happens with all of our, our new individual top 100s that are submitted, how the points are aggregated, where he where he falls. But I think that's a yay to the question that you asked. Yeah, absolutely. What got me were the stolen bases. And I just I never anticipated him to steal as many bases. Now, I don't the, the fact that he's been thrown out so many times as well. Like he just basically runs every time he's on first, I'm assuming. And then like half the time he's getting thrown out. But the other time he's making it. But if he somehow can keep that speed going with everything else he brings to the table, it's like just insane ceiling. So I think that makes it very easy to defend getting into the top 30, if not even higher, just the age and the, you know, he's ready for a promotion. I don't know if he gets it yet, but he's definitely ready. Um, Since we have you on, I did want to talk about an area of expertise for you. And of course that's the Boston Red Sox. We had such, such high hopes for Jaron Duran as he got promoted a few weeks ago. Um, you, it yeah, didn't go I, I, I have a few things to say about, so, about that. So just take it, away. take it away. I want to hear everything from start to finish on your thoughts on Duran. So I love Jaron Duran. I've been rooting for the kid since he was drafted, uh, you know, two, a little over two years. Was it two years ago? 18, three years ago. Yeah, Cause we years. lost a year. So he, he was drafted in 2018. Uh, I saw him play in Lowell on short season ball that summer. Uh, he, he did really well and he got promoted up to, uh, a ball, uh, full season, a ball, uh, had a decent 2019. He, he made it up to double a, and then, and then, uh, we had no minors last year. So, um, so he was doing really well in, in double, uh, double a got to, uh, did he start, did he start the year in triple a? Um, I'm all flustered and can't remember exactly, but anyway, he got the big call up. He had some nice games, hit a couple homers. Uh, you know what? I was a little higher probably than I needed to be. My my cohort in crime, Ben Wilson, who we do our top 50 Red Sox prospects together with, we did we do have him number one on our Red Sox midseason list, uh, tier one. I probably, thinking about it now, hindsight's 2020. I probably see him as a tier two player. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a perennial all-star. I think he will be a good major league player. Uh, so I think he's probably more likely tier two. Probably should have had him in the overall three or four range for the Red Sox instead of at number one. Um, but, you know, that's that's what these rankings are for. We we do them. We see more. We, we learn. And then we re-rank. And we'll have a new ranking uh, preseason in January. I'm still a Duran fan. I do think he does need to get regular at bats. I think that the demotion to AAA is going to be good for him for the next 
you know, several weeks or so until rosters expand. Uh, when do rosters expand? It's coming up sh- shortly. Um, September? Oh, it used to be September 1st, wasn't it? No. It used to be September 1st, but I don't know that it's September 1st anymore. It, it might be. Um, he's going to be in AAA for a little while. He will get the call back to the majors when rosters expand. He, he's hitting 221 in the majors. You know, I think he's a 260, 270 hitter. Uh, he only had, you know, a couple homers. He, he changed his swing earlier in the year uh, to bring, he had uh, double digit homers in AAA. So I, I think it's still wait and see. He's not, he's not ready to be an everyday center fielder in the majors right now. Um, he's still adjusting to the majors pitching. I will still say, and I continue to say this across the board, if you've got continued success at double A, it's a good indicator of success in the major leagues and success at the triple A level does not always equate to being a superstar in the major leagues. So he was doing really well at triple A, but you have to remember triple A pitching is a lot of times older guys, guys that aren't in the majors anymore. It's not the, it's, there's not a lot of the pitchers that are um, on their way up the ladder in triple A. So, yeah. So he did start out at triple A. I looked that up as you were speaking. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty simple from, you know, a non Red Sox fan perspective is that the hype just got out of control and he struggled as a rookie, which almost every rookie does nowadays anyway, in the pros in the major leagues that is. So the stock's gone down, but it's probably gone down to where it should be, which is, I think, kind of what you're saying. Um, we got a little out of control. The, you know, I think what did it was, oh, a swing change. Everything else is good about the profile except the power. Now he's showing power, and everybody went crazy. <laughs> Everyone went crazy. He was in the top 30, top yeah. 25 of some overall prospect lists out there that I saw, and I, I don't think he'd ever be that high. Uh, you know, for me, I had him number one in the Red Sox system, but I certainly would have him probably in the you know 80s or 90s of an overall top 100 ranking. I would never have him up that high. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's spot on. I um I think well, 80 and 90 is a little low for me. I might even have him a little higher, but um maybe in the 60s, 70s for me. But that's I mean okay. we're 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 picking you know. Yeah, that makes point. sense. So um. Awesome. Well, it's good to hear that perspective from you. It's still a very, very bright future. There's no doubt about it. Um, let's and talk of, about it. And of course, and of course, Alex, I'm a homer. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm That's why I'm surprised to have yeah, him that low. So, uh, Do you find that happens to you that like the hype goes too far in one direction? And then also when you're down on a player, it goes too far the opposite direction for like your favorite players on your teams? Uh, yeah, I fall into that category sometimes. You know, yeah. not only do I do not only do I run a baseball prospects website where we need to be as as impartial as possible but i'm also big into the hobby and so i've got all these jaron duran cards and mm-hmm. and i'm also a fan and i want him to be doing well it. and actually yeah, see him play <laughs> so yeah that happened yeah because like i hate will smith i think will smith is the worst pitcher in the big leagues but that's probably not the case and i also think like ronald acuna is the greatest player of all time which is also probably not the case but it's like it's one way or the other it's never we're never like realistic with it so it's just interesting to hear let's talk about a few more promotions as well then we're going to get into the mailbag it's you know that's kind of the 
the brunt of the episode, but I do have a few more promotions to talk about. Uh, we have Cade Cavalli headed to AAA, pitcher for the Washington Nationals. A guy that I think is perpetually underrated, George Valera, got promoted to AA. All it takes is just filing, finding a few swings of Valera to see how pretty that swing is, and you'll fall in love. And it's very, very exciting to see him promoted to AA, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I, I have high, high hopes for him. Um, and then, you know, I know you wanted to talk about him. I don't know if we even put him on the list, but uh, Nick York got a promotion too. Um, what do you What do you have for me about Nick York for the Red Sox? Well, I love New York. Let me just touch on Valera and Cavalli first. Um, I got to see Valera a couple years ago uh, when we were out in the Cleveland area uh, for All-Star Weekend in uh, Mahoning Valley. Uh, it was their uh, New York Penn League short season team at the time. Uh, and yeah, just looking at Valera, he didn't have a great game when I when I saw him, but could tell that this kid was going to be really good um just the the way that he carried himself and and the sound that the ball you know made off the bat uh so to see him getting up to double a uh very cool i have only seen Cade cavalli pitch once it was at the futures game last month <laughs> where he um yeah i think he had a couple walks and a couple k's but he was yeah. like triple digits and uh, he didn't stay in the game long, but uh, was still impressive. Uh, I think he had some of the most, uh, the highest velocity pitches uh, in that game, which was was really cool. So, yeah, I mean, Nick York. So we're talking about another Red Sox prospect, Tier 3. When uh, we published our Red Sox Top 50 list a few weeks back, our midseason update, uh, I I think that certainly come January with the uh, impressive showing that he's had and looking, looking back on the season in my preseason 2022 rankings, Ben and I probably will have him bumped up at least into tier two. I don't know that he's a tier one player, um, but he just killed low a in his, you know, 76 games that he played there hit, you know, 323. his OPS was nine thirteen. Um, 10 homers, 11 stolen bases. Uh, so just getting promoted to high A for a kid who was drafted last year out of high school. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he uh, he's a big riser too. Um, he reminds me of like Gunnar Henderson where it's like we kind of just forgot about him for a second and then he came out and, and like you said, dominated. And then we're like, oh, wait, this guy is really good. And I, um, you know, it's nice to see at such a young age, get that promotion. So another solid, solid prospect on the rise for the Red Sox. All right. I think that's going to do it for the news and notes. Unless you have anything else to add, Scott. I just wanted to shout out to our friend, the needle 12, Nate Handy, uh, you know, our diamondbacks writer on the website. Nate is uh, the proprietor of the Nick York number one fan <laughs> club right now. Uh, so he's professing his love all over social media for Nick. I fully support that. Um, and people might forget that Nick York was not anywhere on anybody's list for the first round of the MLB draft uh, last year in 2020. And the Sox, actually, I, I remember this clearly, and I know you're a good friend of mine, David Gasper, uh, will probably too. The Red Sox passed on Garrett Mitchell 
to take Mick York. Uh, Mitchell was still there on the board uh, when they picked, you know, middle of the, or it was like 17th in the first round, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, Nick York. So uh, remember the name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he was a first rounder and it's like, oh, just because he went under slot and is like clear that the Red Sox wanted to get Blaze Jordan. Like that was kind of the plan, right? Um, so they needed to sign. But that's he's, like that doesn't mean that the talent isn't there as a first rounder. And I think like that kind of blinded people to the actual talent of Nick York. And uh, we're starting yeah. to see it now. Um, so quite interesting there. He he was 17th overall, uh, yeah. 2020 draft. So there you go. Yeah, it's just a reminder, like, each prospect is so different, and you have to take into everything into consideration when ana- uh, uh, analyzing and evaluating these guys. But um, let's go ahead and take a break right now, and we will come back, and uh, we'll head on over to the mailbag and see how that's looking over there. So stay tuned. This is Futures Focus. Alex Sanchez, Scott Green joining me today. We'll be right back. And we are back. Alex Sanchez here with you. Scott Green joining me on the Futures Focus podcast, courtesy of Prospects 1500. And as we mentioned earlier, we have a bunch of names here um, from, um, it's not a mailbag per se, uh, it's Twitter responses. Um, we got to find a better name than mailbag, Scott. Any um, any ideas? Prospect talk. Prospect talk. Prospect, prospect talk. Uh, I mean, uh, if you got a better name, we you can brand it. We'll we'll shout you out. We need some sponsors. This could be yeah. the you know the prospect talk brought to you by Mercedes Benz. I'm sure Mercedes Benz reps are out there listening. I'm a sales guy. Let me get on this. Let me see yeah. if I can pull in we some sponsors. We can come up with a name for our yeah. our uh, prospect talk uh, feature. You know, because we're we're looking for names to talk about, and a lot of the interaction comes through Twitter. Um, Twitter prospect talk. Well, someone can do better than that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll sell anything on this podcast. I mean, this the intro brought to you by news and new, no, news and notes brought to you by my name brought to you by. Got to make that exactly that cash. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think what we want to do here is I'm going to start out with some of the guys that maybe are the bigger names, and we'll kind of work our way down. And I think that we'll be able to get to everybody. But it was definitely a great assortment of names and i think i want to start with oswald peraza shortstop yeah. for the new york yankees and i think that we would be talking i mean we have talked about him i know he was in our proposed trade for the uh, yankees when they were trying to trade i forgot for who and, and david gasper uh, and i were doing that but um, i think that he would be insanely high on everybody's list if it wasn't for anthony volpe um, because he's like taking the world to another level. And when you're a Yankees prospect sure. having a breakout, like just you become everybody's darling. So I think that if it wasn't for Volpe, as weird as that sounds, that Peraza would be even higher and we'd be talking about him even more. People would be talking about him even more because he's having a phenomenal season. He's closer to the big leagues than Volpe is. I know they play the same position, but he's like about the same age, 21 and he's already in double A. And not only is he in double A, like he is doing even better, perhaps you could argue, than he was doing in high A. Um, mm-hmm. He's hitting 290, he has eight home runs, he has 14 stolen bra- bases. 
Um, 341 on base. The strikeouts, a little high, 62 in, um, in, a, in 59 games. That's not exactly what you want to see. But, I mean, this is just what we're a consistent player. Now, I'll leave it to you to kind of add to, to bring him down a peg, I guess, a little bit. But um, I guess the thing that I – the only knock I would have from him is that he's not going to do anything exceptionally well at a higher level. Um, I think that he's going to be a great real-life player, but perhaps not the greatest dynasty fantasy player. But what he's doing right now is certainly quite encouraging. Yeah, I'll keep it real. He's a Yankees prospect, so he sucks, and I hate him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know, I saw Peraza play earlier this year in high A, and it was pretty cool. It was a doubleheader, and I hadn't seen the night before where he finished – that game, uh, his last at bat was a homer and he didn't start in the first game, uh, of the double header that I was at. But when he came into the game in the middle innings, uh, he hit two homers. So he had three homers in consecutive at bats at that time. And then he, he led off the second game against Grayson Rodriguez with a homer. So he had four homers and four consecutive at bats. And that was like my eye opening to him early this season. I was, I had video of it on Twitter. Um, I started following him. I bought some of his baseball cards and, you know, I think he's great. You mentioned his double A stats. Look at his combined stats, even for the year through 87 games. And he's got 13 homers and uh, 30 stolen bases and he's hitting just under 300. Um, I think, you know, yeah, Volpe's having an amazing season, but Peraza's having a very, very good season. And I think he's definitely uh, on track to be a good to average uh, major league player. And that's what we're looking for in prospects. Doesn't yeah, always need to be who's going to be the stud. Exactly. And sorry to interrupt, but at that position, um, David can tell you this, that I love middle infield prospects because if they can stay there in the big leagues, I don't need them to be you know, superstar Mike Trout levels at shortstop and second base, like Dansby Swanson having like a okay season if you just look at his stats. But since he plays shortstop, like it's such a huge value. And so if he can stay on short, which I really do think he can stay, his good defensive ability. He is, uh, yeah, like you said, and he, his floor has just been raised immensely. And the other thing to mention with this is that the Yankees made a grip ton of trades and he was not part of any of them. So to me, that means that the Yankees were clearly saying, you know, he's off the table. So he's in the future plans for this team. And, uh, you know, he's creeping up to the you know top five prospect for them easily. And, um, you know, top 100 prospect easily, too. Now, I mean, no even debate about that. So um, hey, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask Alex. Who asked us to talk about Oswald Peraza in the mailbag, if you will? I mean, I just want to ask if you remember who asked about him. Um, I believe I saw that name on uh, you. Uh, you tweeted something at me. So I didn't. These are. Uh, it was me. Times. I'm oh. the Red Sox fan. And I actually wanted you to talk that was about you. Okay, this, gotcha. this guy. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, there you go. He's He's definitely one that we wanted. To talk about um, just a quick tangent here or, or an aside, because you mentioned Dansby Swanson. He's ha- he's he's having a good year. He is a 
good major league ball player right now, correct? Yes, right now. Yes. So I think maybe because he was a number one overall draft pick and expectations were so high for him, maybe that's why others in the industry and baseball fans, you know, maybe don't look at him in that vein. But for a prospect to make it to the majors, maybe take a few seasons to kind of come into their own. If Swanson was drafted in the second or third round, then he's meeting all his expectations right now. And maybe because he was the first overall pick, he's not. But I think he's a very good major league player. I think that Peraza could be a very good major league player, doesn't need to have those immense expectations. Exactly. And I think if you kind of flip the home run totals for Swanson and the stolen bases, I think that's kind of where you're looking at for Peraza. I think he's going to be more of a speed guy. And if it doesn't really matter how you get to, you know, 30, 35 combined homers and steals, they both are very, very valuable. So if you, you know, hit 10 home runs and steal 25 bases, that's just as good as 25 home runs and 10 stolen bases in a lot of ways. And not every league that's the case, but, Hopefully you understand kind of what I'm saying. So, um, mm-hmm. what? A, yeah, a great, great call there. Yeah, and we do want to shout out our our Twitter uh, followers that did submit that. I, I, yeah, I, you had heard a lot of requests for Peraza, right? That's why you brought him up. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and we've uh, got a couple other. We've got some other people that we're gonna, you know, do shout outs for as we go through this list of yes. names that people asked mm-hmm. us to talk about. Exactly. Um, let's head on over to perhaps the other big name or so. I mean, we have a few big names on here, but we'll head over to my team, the Atlanta Braves. Um, we did have requests for two prospects, so I'll let you decide um, which one you want to start with. But this was from uh, Jared Vickery, J. Vickery 55. Um, may have heard of him. <laughs> And um, he brought up Shea Langoliers and Joey Estes from the Atlanta Braves. So, uh, dealer's choice. Which one did you want to talk about first? And go yeah, ahead. Let's talk about that. Estes. Absolutely. What do you have to say about uh, Joey Estes? Because as the Braves fan, I'll go second in this case. I have not personally seen any of his games. I, I see a lot of his uh, lines because of you know putting together our stars of the day on Twitter every morning. So often he's being mentioned. Uh, so I looked you know into some of his his stats. I mean the, the guy's having a great year. Um, he's he's you know you will know more to say being the Braves fan about about Estes. But I'm so glad that our buddy Jared uh, wanted to get him the mentions on the show. Yeah, I mean. The Langoliers one is uh, is an obvious one if you're following prospects at all. But Joey Estes was a great pick because as a Braves fan, what ends up happening for me is I get so excited with these new draft picks and new signees, and then they debut. And if they just don't get off to the best start ever, I just write them off immediately. Again, going back to that <laughs> concept of what we were talking about being too extreme one way or the other. Um, and he came out in 2019 and just, you know, didn't do anything to impress me. Now, granted, it was a 10 inning sample size. But mm-hmm. um, and looking back on it now, as a 17 year old, that should be completely irrelevant information, to be honest. Just the fact that he's pitching at 17 in a professional setting is great. I don't you know, I, I think I'm learning that as we go. 
But in 2021, after a year off, you know, the results are just astonishing. Um, as a right-handed pitcher, he doesn't have, you know, this huge frame that you like to see. You know, he's not six foot four, six foot five, but he is six two, a little slender on on the, the weight, but still 123 strikeouts in 92 innings. Um, and the delivery is just awkward. I feel like if you're if you watch him pitch, you're gonna be um, wondering how the batters can get comfortable. Just a lot of moving parts. And he's got, you know, the flow going as well. Super young still. And now he's, you know, at 19 years old doing this. Um, 2.84 ERA. The walks are looking good too. Only 27 walks in 92 innings is astonishingly good for a 19-year-old a who throws hard. So, yeah, this is a great guy to come up. I don't think we've mentioned him once on the podcast. So this is the type of guy that we were, you know, I think when we came together with this idea is hoping we would get, you know, it's not a guy I've been following closely because, like I said, I gave up on him a little bit. Uh, I mean, now, you know, this kind of forced me to go back, look over his, some of his videos and his stat lines, um, culminating with that one where I believe he I don't, was he, he must have been the three star guy when he had his complete game. You just don't see complete games. Yeah. Minor leagues. Yeah. But um, nine innings, 14 Ks he did give up two runs. But still, I mean, for a 19 year old to do that. Insane. Um, All right. So I've got something for you, Alex, on on Estes. 16th round draft pick, as you said, a couple years ago, 2019, he got uh, 10 innings in, in um, what was it, in rookie ball that year? Yeah. So so he's playing in low A right now for the uh, Augusta Green Jackets, doing tremendously, uh, 2.84 ERA. Um, this is a player that was not in Jake Berry's top 50 Braves prospects just back in January. Hmm. And he's got to be. No. Yeah. Braves Braves is one of the final mid-season updates that we'll be yes. publishing yes. on the website over the next week or so. Um, I don't know where Jake has him. I know he's in his top 50 now. Yeah. Uh, he, he could be top 25 for the Braves. Uh, so very interesting. I just wanted to bring that up. Someone that's jumped from not being included in the top 50 to someone who could be in the top half in less than a year. Yeah. And, and certainly I know you didn't mean this, but it, uh, just to ensure like he shouldn't have been on the top 50 in January. Like I totally can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, some of the, the names here um, for the Braves <laughs> and I got to imagine, I mean, the, the youth is just what's going to be such a big boost for him. Because you just don't see 19-year-old pitchers do that sort of stuff very often. So I could see him top 25 easily. I'll be very interested to see. I mean, as a Braves fan, I'm always interested in what his view is. I, I trust him very, very much. So um, we'll have to see what he does. That'll be very interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, he's – I'm seeing him scooped up, like, in a few leagues. But he's still available in probably most of those dynasty leagues um, that you're probably playing in. So a guy that – worth a flyer for sure. Um, you, you might have to wait a while for him, but great pick. Let's go on to another Braves player. This is a guy that I think is quite interesting to discuss, and I'm glad, again, Jared brought him up because we get to debate fantasy versus real life. Because if you go on over to MLB Pipeline, you'll see Langoliers. Uh, I think they bumped him down even recently, maybe. But he was a top 50 guy over there, and it, it makes perfect sense. He is like an elite catcher. Uh, the pop time is like just 
better than most major league catchers right now. It's insane. Um, but the bat was always going to be in question for dynasty fantasy purposes. Now, double A, 23 years old. So he's definitely not like a young kid uh, beating up on or uh, somehow breaking out. But still, 19 home runs in double A as a 23-year-old catcher. couple things to add on to this as well. The Braves do have William Contreras as well. I like Langoliers better than Contreras long-term because of the defense, and I think that's going to get him more playing time. But the Braves did just sign Travis Darno to a two-year contract. So <laughs> it made me wonder just a little bit about what the Braves' plans were for him in the future. But overall, great guy to bring up. So I want to ask you that question. You know, what? How highly do you value him in a real life, and then how – close or how far would you value him in a dynasty league? Great question. Uh, first round draft pick a couple years ago. Um, I think Shailene Galeers and I think real life catcher. I don't think that he's a guy that I would want uh, as one of my top catchers in a dynasty league. Um, definitely uh, more so on the real life uh, thing for him. I've not personally seen him play. I'm happy he's having a, a really good season at Double A again. Double A. Double A is the league I watch the most. I, I get to so many yard goats games a year uh, in Hartford. If you can succeed and do well at Double A, it's a good indicator. I think he's going to be. I think he might be a better real life player than William Contreras and contribute more to the Braves. Uh, Contreras might be a better dynasty player uh, for you guys. Um, that's my take on yeah. your Braves prospects. Yeah, I mean, the name that comes to mind is Mike Zanino for Tampa. Just like you need him in the lineup, and then he pops home runs, you know, at a good rate. So that's like just extremely valuable in real life. And honestly, it's not bad in fantasy as well if your catcher is just going to play every day and hit 25 home runs and 30 home runs. Which, you know, 19 home runs at double A, like you're saying, is no joke. Um, the only, you know, with Dynasty, I'm, I'm have a look at kind of some of the top catching prospects. And, of course, Adley's in a tier of his own, no doubt. But some of the other guys just, like, aren't going to even stay at catcher for long. Like, Tyler Soderstrom is probably the second best catching prospect for Dynasty. But he's not going to be a catcher long term. Um, probably the same for Austin Wells as well. Um, you know, maybe Henry Davis stays there, Francisco Alvarez, maybe. I don't even know much about Alvarez defense. Maybe you can help me on that. I um, think there's one guy you're you're forgetting. I think Gabriel Moreno is is a top three uh, dynasty league and real life catcher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he for, fits that for the Blue Jays. He's been hurt. He's on the injured list right now, but uh, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. But yeah, Langoliers is definitely a notch below all, all those names. Yeah. With the idea, though, like if you're one of those guys that likes to build their dynasty team from the ground up and they're just like once they make it to the big leagues, you don't worry about them anymore. And it's just like your guy. He will be a catcher for his like entire career. So you don't have to worry about that. And that's nice, you know. So we'll see what happens. It might not be even soon. Like, honestly, unless the DH comes to the NL, which I guess it could for sure next year, um, you know, it's going to be three catchers in Atlanta for the next two years. So that's, you know, you got to wait <laughs> unless they trade him, which I don't, I don't know why they would trade him if they haven't traded him already. 
So great. Um, yeah, I love talking Braves prospects. No problem with that. Um, I mean, you have the list in front of you. Um, yeah. Where do you want to head to next? We got. I'd like to news. head. Yeah, I'd like to head to uh, on Twitter, Doc Wyrick seventeen. He wanted to have a little discussion about uh, Blaine Krim from the Rangers. Absolutely, Blaine Krim is a guy that if you did not, I mean. I hear of these guys, honestly, it's such a great thing that you do. And I'm not just sucking up to you to, for a raise or anything, but um, <laughs> when you do the stars, you know, the prospect stars, I always look for like the guys that are on my dynasty team. So I can kind of have a mini parade, a mini celebration. But then I also am learning so many different prospects that I just, you know, wouldn't check in on regularly otherwise. And I mean, how many times has Krim been on <laughs> the list for you? Do you think, I mean, any idea? No, I'm. If I had to guess, at least you know, at least two or three times yeah, this season has been mentioned. Yeah, a handful. Impressive. Uh, and I know, and I know, in just in talking about Krim, another player kind of in similar vein uh, that you wanted to also talk about, as they were both recently ranked uh, pretty close together on Jake Tweedy's Rangers midseason top 50 prospects on our website, uh, Dustin Harris. So uh, these are two Rangers bats that people should know about. Harris is killing it this year and Krim having a very good year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what brought me to Harris is that, you know, I was looking up Blaine Krim and being like, Oh my God, this guy has 26 homers. He got promoted to double a he's hitting over 300. Um, doesn't have a lot of stolen bases, but he's a first baseman. And then I was like, wait a minute, who is this other first baseman for the Rangers that he has even better stats um, and that's Dustin Harris. But before we get to him, because I do want to give, you know, our Twitter guys some some love with their talk about their guys that they mentioned to us. Don't want to just steal the show there. Um, Blaine Krim, a little bit older. And I think that's kind of why maybe I kind of, you know, I 24 year old first basemans in high A, you know, even if they're hitting 20 home runs, I'm I'm just not anxious to, you know, to rank about that and rank them highly or anything like that. So that's what's really held me back. But the bat seems to be pretty special. Um, I mean, he got promoted um, to double A. He's now hitting 328 in double A with six home runs. Um, the strikeouts are pretty manageable as well. Pretty solid. I wish he would walk a little bit more, but I guess when you're hitting that well, why do you want to walk? That's always what you have to kind of tell yourself with these guys. So this is a guy you can go pick up in almost any league. I'm looking at my leagues right now. He's available in all of them if I wanted to go pick him up. I don't know if I would or not. I would. Um, I think I'd rather pick up the other guy just because he's a little younger, Dustin Harris. But, um, yeah, fantastic name to drop because it's it's hard to locate breakouts in the minor leagues. Like, if you don't, if you don't know exactly where to look and how to look for them, like, you, there's so many names, so many stats, so many promotions that like even if you sort by average or whatever you like, like a guy that just got promoted two weeks ago might have, you know, ruin all of your search capabilities. So um, great call. Um, anything else to add on Blaine Krim, first baseman Rangers? I think Krim is definitely worth a pickup. I mean, if you're in a dynasty league and you've got free, you know, my diamond duos deep dynasty leagues, we allow uh, free minor league claims every month. If you're in a dynasty league that has something like that, or if you've got roster space and it's it, right now, it's like near the end of the month and maybe you get a new claim come the beginning of September. 
definitely take a flyer on Krim. And if you can take more than one, take Dustin Harris too. They're both doing very well. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit. I know that you kind of mentioned Praza as your your name, and I'm going to mention Dustin Harris here. Um, I, I just love the swing. It just looks so good and so compact and so powerful as a left-hander. Um, he's hitting 478 right now in high A after his promotion. Hit 302 in low A. Um, now, again, 22 years old. You almost expect him to do stuff like that. Um, but now if he continues to do it and he's doing even better, I mean, what a what a start to his high age. Just <laughs> insane. And he's also stolen 24 bases. Now, I wouldn't expect that to go forward. I think that he's more of a – he like, who who is the guy that stole bases there for a bit at first um, that I'm thinking of? Did Hosmer ever – no, Sweeney? One of the – just like a first baseman that steals 10, 15 bases. Um, it might have been Mike Sweeney a while back. Yeah, it's like something I'm trying to think of that. Or even like Freeman. Freddie Freeman will steal 10 bases a year once in a while. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, that's a great bonus that can make a difference. And so that's nice to have. I mean, they're both first basemen. They're both a little older than you would want them to be. But they are maybe free in a lot of leagues, um, especially especially Krim for sure. Harris maybe not. Much. Yeah, can I mention something? Um, this might be a, a surprise, but I wanted to shout out to my my new friend uh, Pars List on Twitter, P A R S List. Um, he he's putting together this really cool, different type of ranking uh, with his own formula. And currently, he he doesn't have every single prospect ranked. He he's got about a, a hundred thirty something ranked right now. But currently. Uh, in coming in at 75 is Dustin Harris with the 59.6 pars. This is his proprietary formula just ahead of him. So kind of very similar is Tristan Casas, who in many eyes is like an overall top, you know, 30 to 40 prospect. Mm -hmm. So, Dustin Harris is definitely someone people need to know. And yeah. check out and check yeah. out Pars list on Twitter. I'm checking it out right now. Is it just based on statistics? Do you know? Like, what is what is the form? It's very interesting, but it's still like the top is quite similar. Yeah, to. we're gonna have. Uh, I, I'm working on with him to possibly maybe do some guest uh, contributions on the site. I'm not gonna get into uh, his formula. He might talk a little bit about it. Uh, in his columns, he talks a bit, a little bit about it on uh, in his Twitter feed. But uh, he, he created this pars, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I see why you like it, Jared Duran, number nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting list. I'm going to check out uh, check out that because the you have a bunch of names you'd expect, and then other names that like you know, but you're like, wow, they're with these guys. Pretty interesting. So check that out. Um, all right, let's move on. I want to hit two guys here because we have talked about them quite a bit in the past. In fact, even last week, we talked about one of them as a faller, but it was mentioned. Um, and that's uh, Geraldo Perdomo and David Hamilton. Do you happen to know who asked that off the top of yeah, your Yeah, on Twitter, that came in from Marat68. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so thank so you. Great. For- if, um, 
If you want to hear more about Perdomo, listen to last week's episode. We definitely crushed him a bit last week. So you can uh, hear our thoughts on him. But essentially, yeah, quite a disappointment. I actually liked Perdomo to be what we just kind of told you Oswald Peraza was going to be. A very consistent, defensive, uh, strong defensive shortstop that was going to play a lot and, you know, not hit 35 home runs, but, you know, he's going to hit some power, some stolen bases. Um, so maybe they, you know, space jam, switch talent sort of thing, because I think that's what Peraza is now. And now Perdomo, I'm very, very low on moving forward. I, I don't even know if he's a, uh, a major league starter now. I mean, I think at this point his ceiling might be utility infielder for the Diamondbacks. Any disagreement there with Perdomo? Well, they gave him 10 at bat. Well, he 13 plate appearances uh, earlier this season in four games and that was it so uh, i'm curious I, I don't i don't get to see the diamondbacks play a lot uh, or their major or minor leaguers uh, i i just don't know why he would have only received a four game chance and 13 plate appearances he had one hit and um, walked three times struck out two you know i don't know why He's not getting more of a chance. Yeah, I think it was more like um, to uh, to Capita Marcano situation where they just they needed somebody there and he was their guy that you know defensively they didn't have to worry about. Um, I think yeah, Nick Ahmed was injured at the time, so that's what okay. he was doing up there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even care what he did in the majors; it's what he's done in the minors this year that has gotten me so low. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's disastrous. We talked about that all last week, so no need to um, bring him down. So check out that last week's episode. But a guy that we talk about because my co-host talks about him. No, I actually like this guy a lot. And that's David Hamilton, perhaps one of the fastest guys in the minor leagues. Um, seems like if you have a Hamilton last name, you, you have to be fast. But um, I like him so much, not because of the speed. Obviously, that's a huge part of it. But that he's going to be a middle infielder with the speed. I mean, uh, shortstop, second base, middle infield, wherever you want to put him, and he's going to steal you 35, 40 stolen bases if he hits his prime. I mean, can you name any other player in the middle infield that's doing that now in the big leagues? I mean, it's just it would be very unique and such a boost for fantasy teams. So that's why I've liked David Hamilton. He did get a promotion to double A, struggling a bit with the hit tool, but up to 45 stolen bases. Um, strikeout rate solid on base percentage is decent. A um, lot to like here with David Hamilton. Of course, David Gasper would talk you uh, into him even more so than I will. But I think I'm fairly high on him. Um, not a top 100 guy at the moment. Um, I don't even know if he's creeping into a top 150. But a guy that, like, in terms of just pure – like, if we just assumed guys hit their ceiling – uh, and you told me he would, then I would pick him like, you know, as a top 50 prospect. That's how high the ceiling is on this guy. So any thoughts with David Hamilton, the shortstop for the Milwaukee Brewers? I do. I do have some thoughts on this and uh, it might be contrary. So in this industry where people work for and write about and talk about baseball prospects, so many of them say, oh, he's too old for that level. Oh, he's really young for this level. And and I want to poo-poo that. Hmm. Um, 
someone's drafted out of college at 22 years old, they're going to go to rookie ball or they're going to go to low A ball and they're going to be 22. And then the next year they're going to be 23 and the next year you're going to be 24. David Hamilton was drafted two years ago out of college and he's almost 24 years old at double A. So why would someone say he's too old for double A when he basically just came out of college? You're going to have some high schoolers that maybe make double A when they're 20 or 21 because they were drafted out of high school. Uh, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, aren't I? <laughs> um, angry. You're quite and, angry and I'm, kind of, and I'm kind of venting. I'm kind of <laughs> going on a rant here. But um, I, I think that I don't think he's too old for double A. I think I like David Hamilton. And he's, do, he's 45 stolen bases. He's succeeding at double A. I said this earlier in the podcast. So let's give these guys a chance. You know, I say screw all the people that say he's too old for this level or this guy's too young for this level or whatever. Let's just see if they can play, period. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I, I'm guilty of this, too, sometimes just because there's so many to sort through that I think what I'm learning is very important with age is if they're young and performing extremely well. I think that's such a good indicator going forward. But, yeah, the old – uh, who cares if they're 22 or 23 or 24, as long as they're helping you in their prime on your dynasty roster, that's what counts. And that's a great point. I think Hamilton's knock more so from David, which I you know trust more than the random stranger saying he's too old for a double A, is that, you know, the hit tool, will he get on base enough? And, you know, it's, you can't steal um, first base, of course, the great cliche. Um, and there's still a lot of hurdles that he needs to pass. So I think that would be more of the, the hold me back than the age, but you're absolutely right. Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, you know, turn back the clock, fake his age. You know? Right. Are people going to knock him down because he was drafted out of college? You know, when other guys are drafted out of high school and they maybe are two or three years younger at a level, Hey, this is just how it is. Yeah. And it's, well, it's something you can tell I'm kind of passionate about. What about this then to play a little devil's advocate? He is 23, not to say that he can't make it or he won't make it. But mm -hmm. when we look at the power total, you know, I'm looking at eight home runs and 17 doubles mm -hmm. at a 23. So is it fair to assess it that like that's kind of where he might be in the future? Because I don't I don't know if he's you know suddenly going to develop power this late. What about that sort of idea? You know, I, I would say that David Hamilton might be a, uh, you know, 10 to 12 home run guy, but he could be a 40 to 50 stolen base guy. Sure. Can That's that no type of player, can that type of player play uh, and, and succeed in the majors? Probably. Yeah. Especially if he's playing shortstop and second, that's what I love about him because you can find these Juan Pierre, Billy Hamilton types that play the outfield fairly easily. But like I said, try to name a shortstop or a second baseman. I mean, Whit Merrifield, is that the only one that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, Whit, Whit's a middle infielder who has, you know, 40 to 50 stolen base potential yeah. and, and you know, mid, what, 15 to 20 home run potential. And how, how long did it take Whit Merrifield to be fantasy relevant? Oh, was he in his mid-20s maybe? Well, I mean, he's older now, right? I mean, he's in his yeah. 30s now and he hasn't been fantasy relevant for forever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, 
what I mean, if you want to comp him to that, I mean, Whit Merrifield has 37 stolen bases and eight home runs right now hitting 278. I mean, that seems to be what David Hamilton's ceiling could be. And you're taking Whit Merrifield in redraft leagues like second, third round. Hey, when was he a rookie? How old 27, was he? 27, 27 years old. 27 years old. In 2016. He might be David Hamilton before there David Hamilton. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even the home run totals. If you told me, you know, 19 is the most David Hamilton ever hits, I would believe that. The most that Whit Merrifield's ever hit was 16. Yeah. Well, 19, 2017. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I, but uh, fascinating. Yeah. Good, good discussion there. Um, as we are coming up against the time a little bit, let's try to knock a few more out. Um, so I'll let you go uh, and pick the last uh, one or two that you want to talk about, Scott. What do you think? Well, we did have um, we did have one other uh, person on Twitter reach out uh, and forgive me if I destroy this this handle. It's like why Zanda Giacomo Zanda Giacomo. Yeah, no, um, but uh, thank you for the tweet. He wanted us to talk about Everson. Herrera in the Yankees system, but I also personally wanted to touch on uh, Ellie De La Cruz in the red system and Xavion Curry in the Indians. So maybe we, you know, finish up talking about these three players. That sounds great. Let's do it. So, so you can go, um, to, let me per, just, go to Pereira first because I know get, you, me, you really yeah, like Pereira. Yeah, let me get my thoughts on Pereira, um, and then you can take it home because um, I know you said you've seen him play live, right? Or no? Uh, I make that up? I think you made it up. It was Peraza that I saw live. So you've seen Peraza, but you didn't get a chance to see Pereira. Okay. So no. um, Everson Pereira is a guy that, <laughs> baseball card wise, kind of, you know, you've mentioned that you you you're willing to overlook anything so that he becomes successful. And I, I have a bunch of his first Bowman cards, um, mm-hmm. and so um, that's all. And I'll, to be honest, that's how I discover a lot of the guys. Like they're their tools, you know, cause you hear their names and whatnot, but maybe you don't have the video on them, but you look at the back of their Bowman card and you get a nice little scattering report and it's accurate. Right. It's extremely accurate. <laughs> so, um, he's a guy that, you know, I looked at the back of the card and I got very excited for, um, and what was it? 2000, yeah, 2019. It just like was a disaster, right? Did he, he get hurt? He got hurt in 2019, I think. Yeah, he was not having a great season in Staten yeah. Island and short season ball. Um, he was hitting under 180 and, yeah, you know, one one homer. Um, so, yeah, coming into this year, there were not a huge uh, bunch of expectations for him. But uh, you can say he certainly has bounced back, you know, um, from what he's done in, in A-ball Tampa and uh, continues to do in Hudson Valley at high A. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I wrote him off, you know, as oh, these over another overhyped Yankee prospects, which I'm sure you can appreciate, because there's <laughs> thousands of those. Um, but whatever he did in that pandemic year, 2020, and I'm sure we'll find out if he if he does make it, you know, some some sort of swing adjustment or something that happened because he's come back and been promoted twice this year, and he's still since age is so important, only 20 years old. Okay. So he did start in rookie ball at 20 years old, which is acceptable. Now he's been promoted all the way up past low A to high A um, where he is hitting 271. Uh, when you combine all of the statistics, you're getting, you know, high three hundreds, double digit home runs, close to double digit steals, 
and you're getting some of that hype back because this is a guy that, you know, we really, really liked when they signed him out uh, as a 17 year old um, and then just never got, did much, but you know, I can't imagine how I would perform as a 17 year old <laughs> in the, in professional ball for the first time. So um, maybe it took a pandemic or whatever, but what a nice bounce back season. And, um, you know, he's starting to climb back up the ranks now. I think I've seen him top 150s again, where, you know, you weren't even seeing him on lists for a while there. And the age is so encouraging because, you know, we talked about not worrying about it, but 20 years old still, there's so much time for him. If he can pre- continues to grow at this rate, you got something really, really special here. Yeah. And um, Paul Wood and our Yankees correspondent um, just, you know, recently um, bumped him from 21 preseason up to his 12th Yankees prospect uh, wow. midseason. Um, so, you know, he's high on him, too. He's 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 moving the way he needs to move. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and let you take it home with those uh, those two names you mentioned. Um, and then uh, I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah, just a couple I wanted to mention. Uh, I actually reached out to uh, Adam Wilson, who did our Reds top 50 prospects. Uh, I really wanted him to uh, – I was curious to see where he included uh, Ellie de la Cruz. He's been a really uh, hot name in the uh, in the industry. Um, a lot of uh, A lot of prospect writers I know are high on him. Uh, for for what he's been showing in rookie ball, uh, he got promoted. He hit 400 in rookie ball, 12.35 OPS. Uh, he's not an older uh, prospect, <laughs> and uh, you know, five homers, four stolen bases in 31 games at Low A. So definitely one to keep your eye on in dynasty leagues. Ellie De La Cruz uh, for the Reds and Xavion Curry. He's basically killing it uh, in the Indians minor leagues uh, this year. He had a just over one ERA in five games at low A, and he uh, has been just uh, continuing the uh, success at high A with 66 Ks in 53 innings. He's four and one in high A. Xavion uh, Curry is a pitcher that you should just go please pick up right now. Like, stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> Pause us. Go to your Dynasty League. Add Xavion Curry. Uh, X-Z-A-V-I-O-N. Curry. Great name. Awesome name. And then, and then you can come back and, and hear the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, I really liked Ellie De La Cruz. Um, after looking more into him again, these are guys that like, I, you know, I, I recognize the name. I know that... Uh, I've seen them on lists and stuff like that, but I didn't really know them. And so I, I do appreciate kind of getting to know some of these guys that ha- are having breakout years because essentially that's what Ellie De La Cruz is having. Although, wait, you know, this is his debut. Um, so he's setting quite a baseline switch hitter, um, you know, middle infielder, things that I love. Um, for whatever reason, I still love switch hitters more than I probably should. Um, but there you go. I mean, he reminds me a lot of uh, Victor Acosta for the Padres. And, um, you know, so and I'm valuing him very, very highly because I know so much about him. But um, I think uh, if you like him, you'll like Ellie De La Cruz. So great names there. Um, all right, Scott, I think that's it. Anything else to add? Anything else to uh, shout out? Anything like that you want to end the podcast here with? 
No, I, Alex, you've been doing a great job um, heading up Futures Focus this year. Um, I really appreciate it. You and David are a great team. I, I do want everyone that's listening to know we will have more guests. We'll have some some special uh, contributors. Uh, we've got some new members of our Prospects 1500 family that will be joining you guys on the show. Um, I'd like to kind of take a seat back and listen and see how things are. And I, I, I dabble in the prospects of the week with Jake Berry on the site every week. And I, I do a lot with the stars of the day each morning. So the futures focus again, thank you for, for kind of running the ship. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure the listeners and our readers do. Uh, so please keep up the good work. You know, what's kind of crazy is that this is our like officially our third season of futures focus. <laughs> and uh, this is like the 31st week that we've done a show. And that's kind of crazy. Oh uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Um, and I think what it is, is a testament. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've checked out Prospects 1500. Um, but what I think makes it so unique is that you give people their responsibilities and you trust them to do the job and you don't dabble in and like force them to change or anything like that. And so what happens is people kind of find their niche for me and David, I think it's, you know, this podcast and of course our teams as well. And you just trust them and you get so many different perspectives where, you know, any other site that I monitor for prospect rankings it's always one guy maybe a handful of guys three to four but here you get you know 40 50 different people chiming in and i think i don't know where else you could find anything like that <laughs> um at least as organized and uh, as accessible as what we have here so uh, plug for prospects 1500 and uh, i do appreciate the kind words but scott i think that's going to do it for us let's go ahead and uh analyze that edward cabrera start and I think, yeah, it actually, it, it looks like he gave up a couple uh, ding dongs. Uh, uh, Josh Bell uh, knock, uh, knocked a two run shot out. And then Yadiel Hernandez uh, followed that up with the solo shot. So he ended up pitching like six and a third, gave up a few runs. It was still a quality start in his first uh, major league game, but maybe they left him in for an inning too long. That sounds about right for the Miami Marlins. Um, but a huge future. Be patient with him. He isn't going to just dominate every start here on out. Like there's going to be bumps in the road for him for sure. But very exciting. And we're going to probably start seeing more prospects being being called up. <laughs> if we could see Adley and Bobby Witt Jr. this year, I would be very excited. What do you think? You see, we get those two, a preview of those two this year. I'm going to say no. Uh, to both? To both. Oh, I think we'll see Bobby. I think they'll they'll promote Bobby. We'll see. We'll see. I hope. Maybe it's a hoping over knowledge. <laughs> but you want anyway, to, you want to bet? Focus podcast. What was that, Scott? I was talking over you. You want to bet? You no. Want to make a bet on the air. Uh, okay. I mean, for the viewers. Um, yeah. So you're going to give me both of them. I have to get both, or I get to pick one. Pick one. So I pick one. Um. Because I'm going to say, you know, I just said, I don't think we see any of them this year. You did say that. And I don't think we'll see both of them. I think we'll see one. How about you just give me one or the other? If one of them makes it, I win the bet. 
Is that too easy? You have to pick one. All right. I'll pick Bobby. Okay. I think the Royals, the Royals are aggressive and they're going to have to promote their uh, fan base a little bit. Although the, are the Royals out of it by that much? I haven't even checked recently. Are they still like somewhat in it? I don't think they are somewhat in it, but you know, I have in my hand, in one hand, I have a pack of 2019 Bowman cards. And in the other hand, I have a pack of 2020 Bowman mm. cards. So mm. if he makes the majors this year, they're coming to you. Beautiful. Um, what do I have that I could offer you? <laughs> we can um, talk about what you'll send me later. I do have a um, triple E Jared Duran auto that I know you would like. Awesome. That's quite a bet, though. <laughs> um, I got a. I finally got my PS. I don't know if we should talk about this on air, but I got a, my PSA submission back. It took a year. Crazy. Oh. Wow. You know what? Let's talk about that on another show. Yeah, we we, we need to talk more baseball cards. We, it's been a while, but um, yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, the, the point I was saying, I brought that up because I did get a Bobby Witt um, PSA 10. So I, I'm really hoping here for him now to make the okay. also, so many eggs in that basket. So, all right, we got a bet. We'll handshake it digitally or however we do it on the podcast. But uh, let's go ahead and end it here. Again, this is Futures Focus. This is podcast courtesy of Prospects 1500. My special guest here, Scott Green, founder of Prospects 1500. I'm just lowly servant, Alex Sanchez, but it was a pleasure having you on. uh, And we will talk to everybody next week. Have a good one, everyone.